0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Local Earshot Podcast, episode number seven. Finally, uh, I think the ball's pretty well rolling. We're here with uh, Jonathan Grissom with More Bands Media, Wilson Powers with Awkward Sunset, and we got a guest today, Lenny Van Horn, this Oklahoma City comic. And uh, like I said, I-, I met you through a mutual friend, uh, very briefly, and I've kind of just kind of kept following you through the Facebook thing and all that jazz. And uh, seems like you're you have really been pretty. Uh, busy even through the pandemic. How's that worked out for you? Uh, Pretty good. Pretty good. Catch a little flack from... uh some of the other
1: comedians that didn't think I should be doing work during the pandemic. Well, um, the mask thing, or...? It's just weird. There was a lot of people like, I can't believe some of these comedians going to the clubs already. They're reopening, and, and they're like, well, I refuse to do comedy right now. And I said, well, that's good. Nobody's asking you to. So <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <fine. laughs> <laughs> It's easy to say you refuse to do comedy when no one's booking you. you yeah, know? right. Well, and, and me and my wife, we're guilty. We went out of our way to see uh, Alex Elkin up at the Looney Bin, and we went out of our way to see comedy in 2020. And goddamn yeah. it, I'm not going to be blamed for it. Yeah. Well, every time I'd walk into the clubs,
1: and even now, but right when they reopen, the, the the bleach would burn your eyes. So I wasn't really worried <laughs> about anything living in there. You know?
2: <laughs> Uh, that's a good point. You know, uh, something that I actually would like to see is something that we were talking about earlier today. Like, when you think of, um, off the top of your head, how many, like, comedians are musicians as well, or how they incorporate it into their stand-up. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Rodney Carrington, is the first one that I think of off the top of my head. Uh, Dwight Yoakam, he's not so much comedy, he's just, like, a very personable kind of guy. Um, but he plays guitar, he does country music, even though he's from New York and there's um like i don't know who else
1: uh i I work with them all the time um some of the names you've probably not heard of but a guy named um michael mack i've heard that does this thing with uh, it's like these homemade puppets and stuff it sounds bad but it's actually a lot of fun and um uh showtime david scott um, and there's, there's, I could go on and on. The thing I will say about those guys is they worked really hard to put that in their act. They didn't just come out the door, you know, at a open mic or whatever, with their guitars. They, they started out with jokes, and then once they worked their way up to a headliner, they incorporated that. And I think that's the, the mistake I've seen two or three uh, newbies make where they they come out with their guitar and do that thing and they think they're just gonna in six months headline with their musical
0: comedy act
1: that's
0: not I alright. don't you're not gonna headline in six months in any any <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean <laughs>
1: definitely not but they they expect it to take off a lot faster for some reason
0: well how, does, how would that that's got to be a whole different creative process i mean one thing i've never stepped up and done comedy i i admire I, uh, it because the difference between a musician is the loudness mm-hmm. whereas a, a, com, a comic can utilize the silence yeah and I, I've actually learned a, a little bit about that and incorporated it into how I compose, but how, that has to be a different animal altogether.
1: Well, the cool thing with me is I started out as a musician. Oh, That's cool. what I wanted cool. to do at one time, and that's a that's a long story. Drugs, gel, nudge from a judge. Oh man, I'm all about all, it. all that. So <laughs> later later in life, I, I found out that uh, that. Things have changed, and I wanted to do comedy. And uh, <clears throat> there's pros and cons to both. If you're playing music and you're talking about being loud, and people aren't paying attention to you, you can kind of just play through it. Um, if you're doing jokes and they're not paying attention to you, you're Ooh. going you're going to feel it no matter what. It's hard to to work around that.
0: Loudest quiet
1: ever. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Cuz yeah. it's more
2: personal. Yeah. You're you're actually talking to them like
1: And that sort of thing usually doesn't happen at a professional show. If you're at a club or a professional venue and especially a place where they've paid, you know, X amount of dollars to get in, they're going to really like you know, watch you because they want to get their money's worth. But you know, when you're starting out and you're doing some of these open mics at these bars and stuff, it can be rough. It's it's more or less you're just practicing how you sound into a mic sometimes. Because they're there like we're watching the fucking game. We don't want to hear about your grandma's vagina and your. <laughs> you know,
2: <laughs>
1: shit. Well, you're that. pacing as well. Like, you're practicing pacing not yeah. just the way
2: you sound in the room. But, like, there's a lot more to it than I get credit
1: the, for. Those rooms, though, too, can also. Make you better at crowd work, because if you really want them to pay attention, you have to do things, and you get you get spoiled a lot of times when you're booked at like the Looney Bin or Bricktown or the Grove or, or Hyenas or one of those, uh, because people come there to see you. And they come there to laugh, Um, so they're primed, they're ready, and there's rules, you know. There's when you do an open mic at uh, one of these places, which I like all of them, but when you, you know, you sometimes you're in for people not wanting to hear you or you know blurting out shit and <laughs> yeah the, uh. and you got to deal with that and so i mean it makes it, it's good practice i'm not open mics are good i get booked a lot i get booked more now than i ever have but i still you know i'll hit up the local mics i'll go to the wednesday open mics at the clubs i'll go to jj's alley on thursday keithley host and it's it's good for you to go to those even i know like national headliners that will still hit up an open mic every
0: now and then. I'm uh, sure it, it certainly probably develops just some thick skin, which is necessary in, in your line of work. And it's it's fun, though, because uh,
1: okay, I'll, I'll give you an example.
0: Last week, I had a great week. I had a show just
1: almost every night, and some of them were, like, big shows, and I opened for Chris Kattan. That was fun. I saw that, man. That's awesome. I did a couple other things, and then, like, you just got these neurons and endorphins firing off from that week. And then the next week you go to an open mic or you go to some show in some shitty town and then you realize, Oh fuck, I got to work again. <laughs> <laughs> you get reminded that you ain't shit, you know? So
0: it's fun. But... Can't take yourself too seriously, man. Honestly, oh, no. you know, I mean, there's always someone there to remind you that. But... <laughs> oh yeah. But you have those great weeks
1: at, these shows like that where people are there to, to laugh and uh, then the next week you're out in No Wada, Oklahoma
3: or somewhere. Like,
1: what the fuck, man? Ever, Two and a half uh,
3: hours of You ever flat. did the, um, the, the Paramount? Yeah Something like that. So yeah, like I went there um, their little Monday night open mic and everything. But they have uh they have they, they sometimes hackle each other, like like the, the callmates will hack each oh, yeah. other, but then but then there's a guy that always goes was there every Monday, and he just has like one of these laughs that like come through, and it's just. Was it? That
1: sounds like a guy named Alex Newman. Alex Newman. I Alex Newman. Yeah, <laughs> I think that right when you described that laugh was very, you know. Uh, particular. I was like, that's guys, gotta be.
2: You guys saw my stand up when I recorded that video. He was the one that brought me on, on stage. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah so that's nice.
1: probably him. I'd, <laughs> I'd bet a couple tacos.
0: <laughs> Whoa, we're getting deep, man. Two? Two full tacos. Fuck it, five. Oh, my God. The gauntlet. I threw out. down the fucking gauntlet up in here, man. After this is over,
1: <laughs> I'll look them up on my Facebook and I'll show you the face. And uh, I'll tell you, I don't need my tacos now. It can be later on <laughs>
0: Hell, even a month from now. Dude, he's dealing this like it's the mob, man. He's like, he wants points on this shit, you know. Truck tacos are fine, by the
1: way. As a matter of fact, I, I prefer those. You don't have to get anything fancy. Dollar, dollar twenty-five a piece. So I'm good. <laughs>
2: They ignite Del Taco ingredients that are left over and given to the drunk people. <laughs> I mean, ugh, you
0: right so, it. okay, so you, you said you, you initially wanted to be a musician, and that's certainly something I can relate to. But, like, what was that, like, aha moment? Like, oh, fuck. I'm a comedian. Like okay, I get this. Okay.
1: Well, let's go back. Let's go. Let's go back to <laughs> the 1980s when I was a kid. Um, not when I was a kid, my mother she was really good about always. Um, I guess she saw something creative in me. She always had me involved in church plays and different things, and and encouraged me in art class and all that. But uh, I started playing music in in church and. Um, uh, when uh when the 90s hit the whole alternative thing was hitting big and i kind of fell into that and i started a band as a teenager with some friends and, and you I, play I played guitar and uh lead singer didn't always play guitar sometimes a little rhythm in there don't uh, don't i'm not gonna get it twisted i didn't do any <laughs> major leads it was just simple rhythms you know things like that um so there was that, and I kept playing in bands off and on through my twenties. and usually a gig every weekend, just like bar gigs parties, and nothing really ever that big. Uh, but uh, in my head, because we were partying all the time doing drugs, I thought, oh, this is, I'm living
0: the lifestyle. Yeah, I fell into the same, so, same gig, yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> somewhere around my late 20s, I, I'd gotten into some trouble and got a nudge from the judge and had to do all this outpatient rehab and all kinds of crud. Well, anyways, I was bored after a while, and I, I couldn't associate with the people I associated right. with before because uh, we just so i remember uh being in high school and college doing improv theater and stuff and i was like yeah i like stand up i liked uh, robin wilms a lot growing up so i just well, that's i just hit an open mic at looney bin one night and then that was seven years ago and it i haven't stopped since then
0: oh cool man i mean robin williams to me always struck me as more like uh like a one-man show format like I mean it was stand-up, but it was also theater. He was a whole different animal. Yeah. Right was I, very expressive.
1: Yeah. I liked yeah. him as a kid because I uh I had uh ADD. I mean I wasn't diagnosed, but I can tell you I fucking had it. Um <laughs> <laughs> they didn't diagnose it back then. They didn't know a lot about oh, you it. Oh, you're just a brat. But I had to go yeah, I had generation. to go to <laughs> I had to go to the counselor all the time, like, Why do you daydream? Why can't you pay attention? I'm like You're the professional. (laughs) You tell me, oh, look at that puppy outside. You know, just get distracted. And, um, but I saw him on Mork and Mindy, and uh, he was acting in a way that, uh, I would get in trouble for. So in my head as a kid, I was like, so when you get older, you can do this somehow and it's okay. Make money. So. <laughs> wow. And plus I just liked, um, yeah, he's not traditional. He's not like set up joke punchline, whatever he's, you know, he's, he's a lot of times just running away with the characters. Yeah. Know? yeah And my style's kind of like that. I, I do have jokes, but there's, there's stories and they're tags up, I try to present them in a way where I get laughs every 20 to 40 seconds. So, but it's when I'm at my best, it's uh, it's a very high energy, a lot of different. Uh, things I do with my voice, my face, my body. I'm all over the stage. I'm not just back behind the... Because when I get up there, I'm too... There's this nervous energy. I can't do the traditional thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's Actually, that's stand-up. I don't know. Maybe I'm not doing stand-up. But, but, you know, standing behind the mic, telling a joke, that's you know, that's the greats that came before me. Most of them did it that way. But that's uh, just not the way I go about it.
0: So... As far as uh, inspiring you to uh, write a joke or a story based off, like, everybody has a Mount Rushmore of, you know, icons or whoever they look up to. And in that world, like, who would you put up there?
1: Okay, uh, Robin and then um, Mitch um, Hedberg definitely be another one. Now, he's more of a one-liner guy, and I'm I'm not, but I just, man, he just... His
0: deadpans are...
1: I mean, Man, we can't. I I hate calling it one-liner because what he was doing was like in a league of its own. But if I had to say something, I'd say one-liner. But
2: it's like storytelling one-liners. Though.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it was like it was so was- many people had done one line comedy before him. For him to come around and take it to a whole new level was amazing because Dangerfield had already took it to a level. Stephen
0: Wright was yeah, his Stephen thing. Wright, yeah.
1: all those guys. So so definitely. uh him and uh i'd say probably like eddie murphy uh carlin um and even even lenny bruce you know my namesake which it's not my namesake
0: <laughs> but, hey the one to claim i yeah. guess you know uh man i i love all those guys and and i would i'd probably ron white was probably the first comic i ever saw that i was like oh Uh, aha like that aha moment and i actually saw him opening for george jones as the comedic opener and i was just blown away i'm like I, i was a little kid and 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 now he's you know ron white's a legend but uh at the time he was still playing the gigs you know
1: I heard he fucks with you if you feature for him. I had a buddy who featured for him and he walked in the green room and he's in there drinking his whiskey or whatever. He's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> it's like, I'm your feature. He goes, all right, uh, you go get me a sandwich. <laughs> I was like, fuck.
0: Fucking yeah. brutal, man. No, just, just fucking with him. <laughs> Well, as far as like uh, when you draw inspiration from those guys and, and incorporate into your own creative process, do you? I've seen comics do a lot of different things, and I, I, most of them fall into three categories. You got guys that tell stories about their real life. You got guys that do the the setup punchline type gig, and then you got guys that are able to incorporate. and One of my favorite current comedians is Tom Segura because he's able to take a little bit of reality and a little bit of a traditional classic joke and somehow end up with this monster and and I don't see a lot of guys doing that I'm kind of curious how how that drives your creative process
1: that's uh that's kind of what I do not to liken myself to Mr. Segura but um it it's based in stories and it's all I only write from what I know. I don't. And sometimes stuff pops up in my head when I'm up there, and then it's stuff from what I know. And I'm really bad about taking chances like that because my ADHD probably does that. You know, something just keeps. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, I gotta say it. And, but a lot of times it's stories, uh, things that really have happened to me uh, in my life. But uh, I do incorporate a little one liner into it here and there so I'd say it's it's 70 to 90 percent story and then the rest one-liner and even in those stories I keep my stories are from a real place but they're basically my stories the way I I do them on stage is just a a series of one-liners and tags until I get to that that big punchline at the end so I don't like to keep the audience waiting because I know they're there to laugh and a comedy audience is not patient, nor should they be, yeah, you know, but, you're right. uh, I tell these guys that, that want to go about that style that you've got to get to it, man. And if you can't get to it right away, get to something else in the meantime,
0: that's like, they say, well, there was Bill Hicks and then there's everybody else. Cause he's about the only guy I've ever seen up to the even up to this point that can keep hitting going back and hitting it and hitting it and and making it work where the audience doesn't get tired of it you know it's it's that that's a talent kind of all in itself yeah and that's the other
1: thing too I'll, I'll as often as I can I'll call back um, because those really get people. To yeah. You. If yeah. you have a solid joke, and then you can call it back, you, you help. My friend Dusty Slay, actually, I'm wearing a shirt. He's he's like the king of that. I'll watch him do an hour set, and I swear he does twenty callbacks. I'm like, how can you remember to do that? <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, I I probably
0: do 5, 6. i um, yeah, unless uh, to me even being on stage holding a guitar which I'm comfortable with, it's there's you know there's so much going on at that point that to be able to remember to, to do that, is, it's a lot to keep up with. I couldn't imagine, man, especially if you're delivering a 45 minutes or an hour of material. I mean, that's just... Everybody's got their trick. My trick
1: is my 45-minute-to-an-hour set, which I rarely get to do because I don't headline a lot. Um, I normally do a 30-minute set, which is the same set, just kind of squished down. It's chronological most of the time. I'll start out with speaking about who I am, where I grew up, my childhood and then it all leads up to the present. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of generic, but it's easy for me to remember. I mean, but yeah, you know, being all over the place, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> there's, I mean, it, it looks like funny chaos, but it's,
0: there's some method, some there. kind of structure to it. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the nature of just telling a story anyways, you know, it's like when a little kid tells you a story, they're all just, bam, 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 like, okay, (laughs) I probably look like
3: that
2: (laughs) and I see that different with like the difference between like musicians and comedies because like you know if you're if you're starting a band and you've got like a set of songs that you're trying to learn the songs don't change but like I know some comics who like write material new every single week and maybe not practice it every single week but to get up there in front of God and everybody and telling one consistent story from beginning to the end like your life story it's just got to be daunting.
1: Yeah, know? and you get bored with it sometimes. And what I do is, like, I try to write new stuff every week. And when I'm just, you know, like, just, oh, man, I can't come up with anything new right now. I will revisit what I'm doing, and I'll I'll do something
0: to it. Do you keep bits? Okay, I tried that. It fell flat. But we'll keep that one in the recycling bin and, and get a little more life behind it, maybe. um. I'm pretty stubborn they say <laughs> you should like
1: w- after once or twice three times you shouldn't try it again but i'll i'll try it six or seven and then i'll finally say oh okay well that's not gonna work that's, <laughs> it's too gross or something so but i i don't also too i i don't discard it i don't count um like if i'm at one of those bar open mics or something and it doesn't do well. I don't even count that as a... I wait until I get to try it in front of a, a, a real audience that's paying attention.
0: Yeah. And then if it doesn't
1: do well, then I'm like, oh, okay.
0: You got any, like, venues that you, like, okay, this one's new. I'll try it here where people won't be putting me on the internet for it. <laughs> Versus, um, you know, like, this is a little more professional, more of a comedy crowd. All, if I'm uh,
1: doing open mic, Eight times out of ten, I try to do almost all brand new stuff. I might have a, a an opener that I know works just to get them going and paying attention to me and a closer just to end well but all that stuff in the middle usually is going to be new or something old that I've reworked or sometimes spontaneous things happen you know uh, there are certain venues I go to with certain expectations I don't mind saying it but some of them are no longer doing anything but if I, if I would ever go to the Don Quixote's open mic I had no expectations there Um JJ's is hit and miss. You might, one night there might be a, a party up there, like a birthday or a bachelor party or something. And you might get a real reaction. And then the next night, you know, it might be a Thunder game or something, <laughs> and then they don't care. You know, usually the, sure. usually the Wednesday nights at both of our major clubs are like when you're going to really get a good gauge of what you're doing. But I I look at it like this, too, and I've always told newer comics this. Like, they, they go to an open mic, and they don't do, a, like, a bomb, man, a bomb. I go... <laughs> it's an open mic you really can't bomb. you're either gonna go up there and do something or you're not it's not to be taken too serious it's it's practice, practice. it, it yeah. would be like you know kobe bryant like man i missed you know more shots than usual at practice i really screwed up you know, well it's not the game yeah. You know, it's not the big game.
0: And you got to look at how you miss... Why did you miss those shots?
1: Yeah. Know, and... Exactly. It's... it's Open mics are nothing to beat yourself up over. I, I did it when I first started, and then I thought about it. I go, this is stupid.
2: <laughs> to add to that, like, I think a lot of people think about... Their feedback and their mind. And it's usually because a lot of comics are already at the open mics. The only ones that I've done are when other comedians are there, and it's just them.
1: That's the other thing, yeah.
2: Yeah, and getting other comedians to laugh, I think, is a goal. I think it's a good goal to have. But what you're really going for is performing for the people who aren't comedians who mm-hmm. are there just to like try and enjoy a laugh so i think the reaction that you get from a room that's strictly comedians is so much more different than when you're at like the, the birdtown comedy club where all of those people are there
1: amen brother
2: i i
0: i disagree from a musician standpoint no, that's, that's I, i've, another I've point. never played to the back of the house You know what I mean? Right. And that's where all the other musicians usually sit and judge you.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And I do think that there's like a... I've seen some comics go up to another guy and be like... And that was fucking stupid. That wasn't even funny.
0: Well, that ain't cool either, though. I mean, no, yeah, they, you know. in like
2: a criticizing kind of way, because they were like friends. A lot of com- comics are just friends. Like, nah, man, this is
3: not. No, I, th- yeah. I think one of the best events I ever went to was a comedy roast, where like the <laughs> and it was it was at it was at uh, 89, right, yeah. 89th Street, and all the comics just roasted this other dude. Like, he just like assigned. He was a comic, and he just assigned everybody to roast him, and they just went up there. And, you know, that was all these jokes s- and stuff is awesome.
1: That was probably something Josh lathy put together when he used to do the word nothing
3: Probably. Uh, yeah,
1: I remember they did a few. I know, I know that name, so. Yeah.
2: Well, it's cool, and I think that, like, getting uh, creative criticism from other comics is good. Like, nah, man, you were good, you just need to watch your pacing. Or when it's things like, nah, man, you can't tell that joke, You, it's, it's not appropriate. Or, like, something like that. You know? I think
1: there's a, a thin line. And newer people... I try to make them understand this. Like, yeah, there's going to be some some comic vets in the scene that you should probably listen to or take into consideration what they say. But at the end of the day, let the audience be your guide. Because most of these local comics are full of. You can't take too much to heart what they say. I mean, they have all the answers to how you should do comedy. Meanwhile, at the open mics, they're outside getting high, trying to. Each other getting drunk and all this shit then they get up there and on the stage you know so i mean you have to watch how much and i'm sure it's the same in music oh uh, for sure you yeah. have to watch how much advice you take from some of these f- this, this is not a rated G. No. Okay. No. Cool. Absolutely. No. no not. We can
3: we can set the ex- <laughs> like episodes explicit, and I can put in the notes that this I kind of was. I
1: kind of want to experience but, my voice getting bleep, bleeped out eventually though. We can uh,
3: we can, can
0: accommodate I can, that. I can make that yeah, happen. Put, put, put would you <laughs> would you like an explosion or like a cat meowing? Something. Or? Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you guys. You guys <laughs> if, if you're bored, <laughs> when you edit this, feel free to every time I curse make <laughs> or you know something like that. <laughs> (laughs) Yeah, or something like that. I don't know.
2: (laughs) No, that's good. Man. I do think that, like, that is a good point, though, as far as, um... Like, I want to say that a lot of people are, like, just shit about it. I mean... I don't take advice from the dude who sits there telling me what it takes to be famous when he's not actually famous. But at the same time, like, uh, the reason that I did stand-up, um, that one time that I recorded it, was because of Michael Mann. And I knew Michael Mann through Tiffany Watt. And...
1: You know Michael Mann? I know Michael
2: yeah. <laughs> Mann. That's how he
3: talks. <laughs> no, and,
2: he's, and he's so funny, man. He's so funny. I don't know if you guys have ever seen... Uh, some of his stand-up I'll send it to you later but he has like he has muscular dystrophy mm. and so he even like hobbles up onto the stage calls himself a cripple it's just he's really funny about it and he doesn't care because he like usually makes fun of himself
1: yeah you know, and he'll, he'll roast you good
2: Yeah, and some of the best comics that I see are the ones that are, like, self... You have to be self-appreciating. You have to be be self-aware. Rodney Dangerfield is the best example I can give.
1: He hit me and J.J. Wood up recently because he was coming back to town. He goes, are there any any mics I can hop on? I go, I don't think you'll be hopping on anything, (laughs) Michael, me and J.J.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Womp, womp, womp. Fuck you, Lenny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got a buddy that I I grew up with, and he went to... Iraq and was in an explosion and lost his leg and oh he's relentless about it man it, it, it's it's funny man oh wow just the the amount of I mean it's stuff that I mean you can't put it online obviously but wow <laughs> oh, yeah we'd be kicked off of everything some of the jokes we make but it's wow.
2: it's funny it's like, funny. Part of it is like kind of making fun of yourself because you're there to like tell a little bit about you and your perspective on things in comedy and I think that that's a beautiful way to do it. I'm personally not that great at it so that's why I don't try it a lot I don't like talking about myself but that was something that Michael Mann pointed out and I sat and I wrote we were on the phone for like two hours he gave me like so many different pointers on all these different things and normally if it had been anybody else who was like a complete asshole maybe I wouldn't have listened but yeah, he has had some success at his shows and I know that um, yeah we, really
1: we, well we did a little tour together up on the east coast you know had a great really? time yeah we went to uh, we had a show at Dangerfields uh, we were in what? We were yeah, he didn't tell you about it. we were in Philly. It was like planes, trains and automobiles because <laughs> I'm a big guy, he's a little skinny guy with muscular dystrophy and you know? I had to like every time we cross the street in New York to go to the next gig or whatever he just had to wait on and watch some other local homeless guy push him out of the way local, local handicap homeless guy he did he got he got hate crime by another <laughs> handicapped person ask him about it next time you see him he pushed him out of the way he said get out of the way you fucking cripple some shit like that and that guy had like
3: rich, man.
1: that guy had that something hurts. he had something going on with it. did you say the Crips the
3: Crips <laughs> South the Crips
1: That guy had something going on with his spine where he was all wiggly when he walked, so I don't know. (laughs) So it was... It was, I was like, "He goes, did you see that shit?" I go, "Why didn't you kick his ass, Michael?" <laughs> this was like, this is pretty evenly matched.
2: You couldn't even get charged with a hate crime. For yeah,
1: that, this man. was evenly matched right here. <laughs> I mean,
2: it was like one of the things that a uh, Tom Segura up was like: you, know, you have to treat people who are just just treat them like people. They were, he said that he was at Seven Eleven or something one time that uh, this guy was walking up, and so he uh, Tom did the nice thing; and he held the door open for him, and the guy that had no arms said. You don't have to do that shit. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 and uh, and uh, let go of the door. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So like, what now, Stumpy? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that's... It's a hard thing to make fun of because I know that, like, in the rules of comedy, there's, like, certain things that you can make fun about. You know, like... Uh, I disagree strongly.
1: I Yeah, that's what I disagree with, too. Like, here's my thing. You can make fun of anything you want. Um if you can make it funny that's the question right Uh, right
2: to where it's not offensive I mean it's um, like
1: it's it's always going to be offensive but it's like um are you gonna get a laugh you know uh i'll I'll use an example carlin he years ago he was talking about this very thing way before you know this shit we go through now with everybody really upset uh i can't remember what dave Chappelle said a bunch of bitch asses or something like that (laughs) but he goes the whole damn country's gonna come a bunch of bitch asses um but uh Anyways, he was talking about, like, things you shouldn't say. One of the big things is rape. I don't have a rape joke, and I'll tell you right now, because I don't know how I would make that funny. But he said, uh, he thought it was funny as hell, because he goes, think about Think about Hitler getting raped, you know, or something like that. And he was, you know, he was able to pull it off. I'm... I'm no George Carlin. See, that's the that's the problem with these edge lords, though. That's the other thing. Like, you got these newer guys that want to be an edge lord. And uh, by the way, edgelord, lord, and it's not like in porn. It's this just, is
0: the first time yeah, I have heard this ed- term. Edge,
1: edge, <laughs> edge lords are what they call these guys who get up there and just try really hard to uh, to offend people. But there's no joke. Right. right. And then they're like, fuck you, you don't know comedy. They'll get up there like, well, I shit out my dick and I piss out my ass. Fuck you, you don't know anything about comedy. You know, shit like that. So, And then they get upset when no one laughs because they think it's solely because the people are offended it's like well they're probably offended but also too you didn't do anything to make them laugh right so there's two sides to that you know and I I don't do real edgy stuff because it's just not in me and it's not I'm not trying to be that and I think it's a little too trendy right now everybody's trying to be a what's his name Jesse Jesselwick you know Jesselwick yeah Yeah. I was gonna bring him up and he's he's funny and he's good at what he does yeah but not everybody can do that style but a lot of the young guys Really think they can. Yeah. You know?
0: Well and and another Stanhope, another one, like he's basically oh, the, shit, the he's, originator oh, I, of it, if yeah. you ask me. I mean that dude kills but I, I think you're right i think there, there's a difference in having either a solid point that the audience can get behind and and you get applause or laughs that way or you can turn it completely funny and get the laughs and, uh, and applause that way but just being offensive for offensive yeah. sake is just doesn't make any i sense. say i
1: say to any comic go for it do whatever you think you want to do but don't be upset if if it doesn't go well you know i i wouldn't come out the door with that stuff if i was new (laughs) i i don't even do it now i mean
2: no i think that's a good point like one of my personal comedy idols is like jeff foxworthy and he recently uh like he's doing that show now that's on tv i don't know if it's still on tv where it's got the it's him with uh what's his name from saturday night live
0: Okay. Yeah, Tracy. I didn't know this. I didn't know he was doing a show.
2: You can't quote me on it, but I know that he is doing it, uh, and it's it's kind of like The Voice, where they have like three different judges, and basically. You know, somebody comes out and does a comedy routine, but it has to be clean because it's on Mm -hmm. KFOR, uh, or I mean NBC. So um, it has to be clean comedy. And one of the best quotes that I've heard from Jeff Foxworthy is that if you can be funny without swearing or being offensive, you're already ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. Because anybody can say something bad about somebody else. Anybody can say something mean. anybody can swear, right? It takes a lot to be kind, and it takes a lot to be funny without being offensive. And it's often it's easier to do it when it's like self-deprecating humor, like Ronnie Dangerfield. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember a time where he was swearing, and maybe that's just because he was live on Carson and stuff like that. You know, he can't swear on TV back then. So you had to make it a point to be funny without swearing.
1: I've been doing this seven years, and uh, I didn't do a... 30-minute clean set for the first time until two years
0: ago. So yeah, yeah. I just I would I would uh, well correct me if I'm wrong. I would put that in the same category from a musician standpoint. Is we have an acoustic gig, we have that practice and rehearse, and we have our uh, our loud martial Amplifiers gig, you know? I mean, uh, do comics have their clean show and their and their blue show some or whatever you
1: want to call it? Some people, some comedians just don't do clean, but... Um I don't know. I I have a weird feeling about it. First of all, comedy, stand-up comedy as a as a clean format is relatively new, because when it started out, it started out mostly in like burlesque bars and what you would have you'd have a comedic host like a Lenny Bruce or a young George Carlin or a Richard Pryor and what they would do is keep the gentleman entertained and calmed down in between acts so that's where comedy was born we strippers and stuff so you're taking something beautiful nice so you're taking something that was already not like churchy and trying to church it up but we are where we are here's the thing with clean gigs a lot of times they pay really good uh, if you go on a cruise ship, or like the show I did in the Panhandle was for a uh, insurance company, and they, I walked out of there with with some good money. They paid me really good, and um, the thing with it though, I wouldn't say it's like acoustic. It's just you have to get to a point and some people are that way right when they get out the door, I wasn't, I didn't understand how jokes worked I was just funny in front of my friends and my family Uh, but on stage it's different you can't have all this fat Uh, there's all kinds of Different things that are involved. I mean, I, if you get a chance, read um, "Mastering Stand Up" by uh, Stephen Rosenfield, and uh, it, it covers everything. I, I I would be here for two hours. So, but anyways, that's a good book. Even if you just want to do public speaking, or oh, it's great for beginners. Uh, people have been doing it a while. His school, uh, he has a school in New York, Jim Gaffigan went through it, people like that. But anyways, um, it's a little different than, I don't know that that analogy works because you really have to understand how jokes work. And once you understand how jokes work, you can write about anything. You don't have, like he said, you don't have to talk about your d*** or someone's d- or, uh, man, I can't wait to hear those sound effects. <laughs> or uh, uh, you don't have to, you know, say fuck, motherfucker, a thousand times or whatever. You just know how to write jokes. My fir- Honestly, my first clean gig, I didn't have 30 minutes of clean material. I had about 15. But I ended up coming up with another 10 to 15 there on the spot. Just... <laughs> forced it out of me just looking around the room and talking about myself and stuff and then i realized like well yeah it can be done i honestly though i prefer when i get booked at like the comedy clubs even though i'm not super dirty i'm not some of my my jokes are about drugs and things like that just i feel a little more authentic as when i'm doing clean shows i like oh, okay yeah, let's do this and i'll i'll eat this food you brought with the caterer and <laughs> then you pay me my money but i don't know if i answered your question but it's it's slightly different it feels it more
0: like work i guess
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. I, it is i think uh, preparing for a, a clean show is is a lot more more stressful too because uh, there's a good chance you're going to have some tight ass people there you might have some little kids up yeah. front playing with blocks <laughs> and shit so you know you got to watch your mouth around them and it's distracting you know but well, normally they pay well and, and when they hit me up I let them know too just in case they're not going to pay well I said for clean shows I, I charge more than what I charge because you're asking for something special that's not something I normally do
2: and I think that's a really good point Uh, the second set and probably the last set that I've done uh, John McMillan Mm-hmm. This is his last time. Uh, it was like applauding me, saying yay yeah, for clean comedy, because like most of my stuff that I wrote was pretty clean, and I was trying to get it that way specifically, because I was focusing more on the jokes than just like yeah. swearing. I wasn't trying to do it like Samuel Jackson, where the default is motherfucker. <laughs> well, and like uh, <laughs> and then afterwards, when I was leaving the show, they was just like, oh man, you did great. And then these girls behind me were like, yeah, yeah, that was cool. And I'm like, thanks. My inspiration was Bill Cosby. And then I walked out the door. Oh, oh, Jesus.
1: Jesus. Whoa. oh nice. Whoa. <laughs> well that's the thing Like, like
2: I was just talking with them but I don't know if they do
1: that <laughs> here in Oklahoma City we have you know like I mentioned earlier two major clubs which I'm glad that we have two now and I like them both the Looney Bin's my home club and always will be but uh, I go to Bricktown too they book me on a lot of stuff they're, they're two different markets so they can coexist which is beautiful there, there's really no competition between them because they, they book two different types of comedy. But what I liked about coming up in, at the Looney Bin, uh, at Bricktown, they let you say anything at the open mic, which it sounds cool on the surface, you know. Like we <laughs> we want to give you your freedom, you know. Uh, but in comedy, some of these fuckers don't need freedom because they need to. They need jokes. Yeah, you know. So at the Looney Bin, they if you do their open mic there, they. They have certain rules, they keep the they keep it what they call club P G thirteen. They're not gonna tell you that you can't say certain like you your material they're not going to tell you what it can be but they are going to tell you no motherfuckers no you know fuck fuck and I'm glad they do that because sometimes I go to other open hikes and uh, a guy gets up there and it's just fuck fuck yeah. motherfucker motherfucker you should have seen what came out of my dick blah 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 you know and it's like it's quiet no laughs and I've learned too the like the word fuck can really start to ring in your head after <laughs> In a while, <laughs> and it's like you no longer are there with them comedy wise. And and I've seen some people at both mics pull some stunts. I seen a guy go up one night. We called him Hard Hat. He brought a hard hat up there. I can't remember what his jokes were because they weren't jokes. And then like the last thirty seconds, he put that hard hat up on the stool and just started dry humping the hell out of it. And and the security guard Mike had to go up there and pull him off stage. Oh, <laughs>
2: But he was having protected sex. I mean,
1: yeah. What? And then there was another guy that just spent a minute talking about green stuff coming out of his dick, and like everybody was put off. Every people were pushing their nachos aside. <laughs> so, so that's why
3: I so, like. That's why yeah. I like, like what I think, he's talking yeah. about with rules. I, I think like uh, was it Kyle Kinane? like uh, his stand up whenever he's like up there and he and he talks dirty and he has dirty jokes but he does it the right way because he's told stories about like him going to like his his doctor and he and he's like he's like yeah you know and I had to get a physical and 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 I, she had to check this thing and you know she had to check this and she, it was the first time I got a prostate exam and and he's like you know and he's just in there and she's like she's talking to him about food and she's like yeah have you tried this place this Chicago place or whatever and he's like talking about sandwiches and she's like man that's a garbage sandwich you got to go Go to this place, this garbage sandwich, and then and then he and then he I don't know where he's like, like oh yeah you're done and he's like wait what what and he's like basically he's like she had her finger up my ass and you know and, and so it's it's funny yeah yeah but it's it's just how he does it like it, it's it's not like it's just not like oh well I went in there and I got a prostitute and put the finger up my ass it's not funny <laughs> but the story line up of how how he did it where like he didn't even know that she even did <laughs> it to him because no, like, he so was that good
2: you know yeah like Rodney Carrington and Ron White both I mean uh, despite their southern accents they're, even though Ron White's one of his shows is a little unprofessional I think that's what it's called he still does it in a really professional way like he does say swear words but he incorporates them so well into the story he's not yeah. like swearing just to swear
0: you gotta connect with I mean at the end of the day we're all human and like like you're saying, is just saying "motherfucker" over and over again is isn't going to connect with people. But mm-hmm. if if you use that word sparingly, when you do use it, it has impact. I, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Uh, Eddie Murphy, in one of his specials, talked about. Bill Cosby Bill Cosby was uh, Bill Cosby had called him because he was really upset because at the time one of Bill Cosby's kids his son or something went to Eddie Murphy's show I guess it was 18 to get in or something I don't know and uh he's Bill Cosby asked him how was it was and he was like yeah well you motherfucker fucking this and that and the other and he called Eddie Murphy up he's like what the hell you don't need to do all that that's not what comedy is and and uh so he ended up calling Richard Pryor and Richard Pryor said uh well uh did it make them laugh you know and he's like yeah. tell that motherfucker go eat another fucking pudding pot and leave you the fucking long <laughs> or some shit like that so so that's the other end of it like, like yeah I'm I don't like being told what i can say but at the same time i like to think i know how to say it at this point yeah i think early on i needed that when i first started i needed that to kind of keep me in line i didn't like it back then and some of these new guys they don't like it either but I, i i came to appreciate it real soon after i i experienced real quick at open mics, why some places have that in place? They they let a homeless person in one one night, oh, <laughs> and it was just a schizophrenic tirade, just cursing and talking about a telephone in his head and all this shit, motherfucker, motherfucker. I <laughs> put you on hold, fuck. <laughs> just <laughs> a conspiracy
3: theorists. Yeah. <laughs> Get the foil. Get the foil. Ten foil hats.
1: <laughs> I got conspiracy theorists that live across the They're street. I'm making
3: the frogs gay. Yeah, yes. I have a conspiracy theorists that
1: live across the street from me, but I don't call them that. I call them tweakers. <laughs> <laughs> I had those in my old neighborhood. Yeah. Boy, uh, that
0: foil goes. That foil goes a long you way. in windows,
1: man. You want to fuck with them. You tell them some shit. You know. Uh, and I delivered to those people. That's what I do to get them to leave me alone. I'll just out crazy them. I'll just say some shit so wicked to them, they'll be like, fuck, I'm going inside. <laughs> I'm not talking to him anymore. He's got my brain rattling everywhere. I'll say some shit like. You gotta uh, be careful with
2: that, otherwise they'll start believing him.
1: Yeah. You know, no, awesome. no, I tell them, I tell them that they know what they're. I'll just say some shit like, hey, like, Lenny, how's it going? You know, whatever. I'll be like, <laughs> I'll be like hey, man. Yeah. Yeah, they know what you're up to.
3: All right, I got to go to the store. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everybody knows. Uh, my, uh, my buddy one time, like, uh, they were in, um, what was it, like, when I was stationed in Europe, they were they were out there in, in, like, one of the little third world countries, and this dude just walks up to him, and he's just like, he's like, the KGB's watching you. And then he just walks away, and they're like, what the fuck is this? You no, know, so... Paranoia, man. Sometimes
1: they'll they'll be talking to me and I'll be like, wait, I got to get this. Hang on. You should have one little it. I was like, okay, Jesus. said, what Christ. was that, man? I was just telling my
0: friend all about it. <laughs> Leave those tweakers spinning their wheels, man. I don't know, man. It sounds like
1: Ukraine, Russia. I don't know what he's done. Man. I said, you don't have to worry, man. They're not going to hurt you. They're inside your walls. <laughs>
2: okay. TV watches you in that house. Okay, before I get too scared, let's like move on to another. (laughs) like uh, one of the reasons that i mentioned before about like the like Uh, the musicians and comedy and stuff like that like when i think of somebody who's when i think of a super talented comic i think of somebody like steve martin steve martin did magic before he did stand-up so he already understands like how you know a joke works a joke works and like uh you're performing and then there's a surprise at the end. It's misdirection. It's just like, you don't know mm-hmm. like where it's. So, like, my favorite thing to do, even to this day, is just lean into people's conversations at the right time and say, that's what she said. And then I just walk away, like at Walmart or whatever. I don't care who these fucking people are. I just like, somebody told me that that was a really good listening trick. And I'm like, no, man, you just got that from the office, it." Like, like, it's not that deep, bro. It's not that deep. You know? <laughs> I was like, no, but if you just listen into people's conversations and you listen to your own conversations mm-hmm. and just like, try to find those opportunities to where you can just say that you know it helps you pay attention to the conversation more at first i thought it was full of shit but i've been doing it ever since and it's always like Fun. Just,
0: just to, you know. And do, you, do you want us to edit out that you go around <laughs> listening to other people's conversations in Walmart and shit? I mean.
1: No,
2: I want them to be. <laughs> you know. I just have to be ready.
1: Instead of doing that, like doing what she said or whatever, I think in my experience, sometimes it's fun. I know I keep talking about tweakers and homeless people, but uh, I just bump into them a lot where I live. Um, but... I had a homeless person hit me up for change the other day. And I, not too far from us, there was a, a surveyor. Like, uh, you know, they had the thing out. They were going to do some construction or something. I said, man, most of the time, like when you're in New York or L.A., if a homeless person asks you for money, they're playing a guitar, they're doing something. This guy wasn't doing shit. So I said, I will give you 10 bucks. And he goes, really? I go, but you got to do something. And he goes, like, oh, I ain't doing nothing weird. I'm like, nah, it's not weird. I said, I need you to go over there to that guy's survey Vane and just say, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and he, he fucking did it. Nice. He went, up, he, goes, he went over there and he said, what the
0: fuck are you doing? And this guy's like, oh. And then he just walked back over to me
1: <laughs> one thing I like to do when a homeless people walk up to you and you know they're gonna ask you like before they even get it out I will pat my pants I go man do you got a dollar or something I can get they're like what the
3: fuck what? That throws them off shit
1: and I get back everybody's in. everybody's
3: broke now uh... yeah
0: for real yeah ask them first and, it's, and the reaction's priceless I don't know. I have to get a running star, man. That, there's a dude right there when you get off uh, the interstate going to Northwest Expressway. I think there's a team. I think they rotate shifts because there's always, it's always yeah. that intersection, man, nonstop.
1: They do. They said, <laughs> they sit around, like you guys sit around the water cooler. They sit around the water bottle. You know, He's <laughs> just, just talking. <laughs> How do you think it's going to go today? I don't know. <laughs> Make the sign, man. We need the sign. I don't know, man. I had a good night last night. I got about three pounds of copper, so I ain't going to try to work (laughs) too hard today. Oh,
0: dude. Yeah, that. (laughs) <laughs> stealing copper
3: My i think
1: God. i think kid rock <laughs> oh, is, man, the, I, is the soundtrack I, to uh, copper theft
3: i used to uh i used to be a like a real estate manager for like this little company here um a little i guess 14 million dollar company oh uh, yeah this that's rich, rich dude yeah um so uh but like uh, that happened to them like three times while i was working there where we went to go look at a house that he people rented from him. and we walk in there and we're like what the fuck and all the walls are pulled out and all the wires are gone we're like, uh, God damn, man, they took the whole house. Like,
1: <laughs> I do a lot of uh, cannabis-themed festivals. Uh, as I matter of fact, on the way here, I got called by some guy in California. I might be doing one soon um, on 420, but that's the only drug. I mean, Beer. I mean, you have like Oktoberfest and stuff. Like methamphetamine, they don't have any special events, you know. And <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, he probably wouldn't even take tickets at the door. He'd probably be like, "Ah, oh, come in with three, three, three pounds of copper." We'll let you in.
0: Price of admit yep. Don't don't sad.
1: expect to see your park. car when you go back <laughs> to the parking lot. Lease in one piece.
0: Gary Set. just brought the whole AC unit. What's that worth? <laughs> you get backstage, buddy. <laughs> it's we got Kid Rock, Boby, <laughs> <Beat, and> Disturbed, <laughs> soundtrack to Copper Theft. That's fucking funny, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Every time I see my neighbors come outside, they they're doing good now. But there for a while, they had some characters over there. I mean. I would just, I could just hear. (laughs) They're walking out looking like some lemurs, fucking zombies, walking sideways, jumping, mowing the lawn, like 11.45 at night. They
0: probably thought it was still 2001.
1: I don't know. They would fucking mow the same spot 20 times. (laughs) very thorough with that lawn work and then flashlights on their forehead. (laughs) oh man I got so used to it I didn't even think nothing of it and I had a girl over one night and we're sitting on the couch and Netflix and all that shit and uh t- all of a sudden 1045 she's like what the fuck is that I go I said, my neighbors are mowing the grass this is what they do they're very
2: thorough
1: and then this night they decide they're going to cut on the trees too chainsaw oh, and stuff oh no I was like we got to get these trees done before we hawk this fucking chainsaw
0: you know so, <laughs> I had a neighbor at my old house that he he was we didn't know it at the time, but he would be mowing his grass in December and like everything's just blowing dirt everywhere. I'm like what the hell's going on? Yeah, he's, he actually ended up having dementia, but we just thought he was mowing the grass in December.
1: <laughs> mean he just wanted to get out of the house. I didn't know his grass is growing so
0: tall; it's starting to turn white, and it's cold. <laughs> Insane, man. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> well, what are some gigs going on right now? I know 2020, as far as rock and roll world, it devastated everything. But, um... Let's see anyway. what we got coming up What here? you got uh, going on, man? I got
1: something. I can't totally announce it because the guy told me I couldn't. But I just talked to him on the phone. But look on my social media. I might have something kind of cool and big coming up on 420 with a... Uh, um Like a cannabis festival of sorts, which nowadays there's like ten of them going on here in Fort yeah, Uh yeah. back in the day, there was only
0: like a handful I know there's one over at crossroads. I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I want to go to any party will over be, there. I would be in Tulsa. <laughs> I would be, yeah, I'd be in Tulsa Monday.
1: Uh, I think uh, it's called the Bar 82 Comedy Show or something. I can't, And I'm in Missouri on the 16th. I forget where I'm at out there. I got a show in Chickasha, the 17th. And, uh... This is a little ways out, but I'm, I'm going to mention it because he's po- very popular on social media, and it'll probably sell out. We'll probably do two or three shows. Uh, I'm opening for a guy named Dustin Sims.
0: I know. Yeah, yeah, the 20, yeah.
1: The 28th and Ardmore at Gushers. And we'll they'll probably have him in Oklahoma City somewhere soon, too. But uh, everywhere he's been going, they keep it having to add shows. In this venue, I think uh, Gushers. I don't know if you've ever.
0: Never been there. I, okay, I've they, heard of they it. They yeah. do a
1: lot of music there but um, I'd say you can get about a hundred and 150 people in there um he'll probably have to i wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't add another show maybe two so.
0: is that, is that something like the COVID has forced some acts to do is do multiple shows in one place just to kind of i think recoup that's the money?
1: part of it because the seating uh some places aren't totally following guidelines um
2: you don't, don't say.
1: say but no um, way <laughs> But if they're serving alcohol, people are just taking disinfectant, so Yeah.
0: But like, hey, that's perfect, you know. Yeah,
1: so yeah, I'll be I'll be doing that with him and uh I don't
2: need to get too disinfected.
1: I'm hoping um I'm pretty sure Bricktown or um the Looney Bin's gonna have me back here in about a month or two and i got a lot of cool stuff out of state i'm doing um my first headlining gig at a professional club i've done headlining gigs you know venues and stuff but a full week at a or weekend at a place called uh the backdoor comedy and events um it's in st louis and a lot of you know known acts go through there so it's it's legit bona fide awesome. and uh i'll be in washington dc uh i forget the guy i'm opening for featuring at the comedy loft uh here in a couple months too so
0: that's awesome i'm glad to hear that you're getting gigs man mm-hmm. um, some of the musicians we talk to it's it's become uh do we go get jobs or do we dig in and man you and just deal gotta got learn about <laughs> jobs brother <laughs>
1: Jobs and jobs. <laughs> Can't wait to hear that. You got to learn about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great, man. Uh, I'm, I, I think I'm pretty well uh, ready to wrap it up. And you got any other promotion stuff you want to put out there or uh, your social media, anything like that? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, it's real easy. Lenny Van Horn on pretty much everything. Lenny Van Horn on my Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I don't have a website anymore. The uh, only thing... Different, oh, Lenny Van Horn Comedy is my fan page. And uh, I'm up to 1,200 likes. I'd like to get up to 1,202 likes. So I think we can do that before I leave here today.
0: <laughs> we'll see what we can do, man. We got 1,000 in Oklahoma City the other day, and I think they might just be your same 1,000 of the 1,200. But we'll, we'll see what we can do. Use your, use your fake
1: account. <laughs> I don't, I'm don't. i not picky. I don't care if half, like, a thousand of my likes is some guy named Bob Smith with no profile picture. And then you scroll down and then there's, like, people in the Philippines and shit. Yeah.
2: Hey,
0: the, the, cl- <laughs> hey, the
2: cloud game. <laughs> hey, no rules, buddy. It's it's a war zone. I would like to add, is, like, thanks to dudes, like, a, what's his name? Brandon Killow yeah kill all yeah kill, kill all Killer's is hilarious man but like uh with him promoting somebody local short, there's just about an open mic every single night of the week now
1: mm-hmm. or
2: at least there was when i was first like coming around to the scene
1: kendall's kendall's open mic on thursday with brandon kill all it's killer i just did a yeah. show with him in guthrie man and it was insane at a place really? called the jungle man he killed it julie drake did great and i i like to think i closed it out pretty good um and I, that show I'm doing in Tulsa Tuesday or Monday, uh, he's on that too. So
0: Does Othello still do the open mic thing they, since they they're rebuilt They're just
1: bringing it back. <clears throat> oh, cool. Uh, awesome. They brought it back and then... You know, our governor was like, "No, nah, no, nah, 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 nah. So they yeah. just they cut it up. But I think they're bringing it back this next week, and that'll be hosted by uh, comedian and radio personality Cameron Buckholz. Oh, cool! Yeah. So he'll be hosting the first night of that. So. Very, cool. very yeah, cool. Yeah, but he's right. There's an open mic almost every night, and where one gets shut down, another one pops up. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's awesome. just what we need is like consistency. Like you said, there's like a need for practice, getting up on stage, mm-hmm. talking. To a mic and everything, but also like as soon as these regulations change, not everybody's getting sick. You know, there'll be plenty of. I think that's soon. Through. I think we're getting there soon.
1: I might be I might, like be, that I lie, might you know. be
2: overly optimistic, but I feel like,
1: and by the summertime. <clears throat> Things are going to look a lot different, you know. Hopefully, I'm not sticking my foot in my mouth. But,
0: no, no, we actually uh, we watched um, the Live Nation's quarterly meeting, and they're, they they want to have um, outdoor venues open in some capacity by the end of July. And that sounds starting reasonable. in Colorado, I, I thought so. Outdoor, I, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. <clears throat> but it doesn't seem. I mean, it could seem a certain way versus actually making it happen. But to me, it seems feasible.
2: They they think so because of like having the vaccine now and stuff like that, that it'll be more regulated I guess or more well controlled I have a hard time believing that because the last time I did go out to a live show is when I got sick so it's I don't know and it wasn't even that many people so it's just hard to say
1: you need to drink more booze man more booze
3: more booze <laughs> disinfectant you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. liquid like Drano you know, it just uh, yeah. cleans out your system the next day I mean I, I know. Know, I'm not a scientist
1: but I uh, I just kind of play with science all the time so
0: that's my expert opinion Let's drink booze. Drink more booze. <laughs> I heard it from the expert himself, man. Yeah. Lenny Van Horn. That's awesome, man. Thank you for coming in. Thank you, guys. I'm Brad Biggs. I'm with 13th Step Tone Solutions. This is your local earshot.
3: I'm uh, Jonathan Grissom, and the local earshot podcast runs on the value for value system that is, time, talent, and treasure. Thank you for your time for listening. Um, as for talent, we are looking for artists of all types. Um, as today we've talked to a comic. Um, usually we talk to bands. Um, we'll talk to DJs. We, we talk to people in industry, um, people that run bars, venues, all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you're inside the industries of anything in entertainment, we want to hear what you have to say. Um, and then, uh, Treasure, so like we definitely we've been putting a lot lot of our own money into this, uh, and it would be nice to have some donations, uh, but um, you know, we know we know that time's hard for everybody, so
2: yeah, I'm wilson mcdonald with awkward sunset and just like we really appreciate you guys listening and you know this is something pretty special i know that so many people are doing podcasts these days but we really appreciate you taking time out of your day to take a listen to what it is that we've got to say and it is nice to have you know somebody else here on the show just giving a different perspective and it's always good to talk about our local life performances and what it is that we expect to see in these months to come
0: awesome lenny van horn Thank i'm you,
1: lenny van horn <laughs> <laughs> And my arthritis is bothering me. That's why you kept hearing my knuckles pop through the whole show. Diabetes.
0: Diabetes.
1: No, I have Diabetes. been snap crackle pop over here. They're, they're probably going to hear that.
0: Oh, yeah, these mics. I oh, don't know. They hide a bunch of stuff. You never know. All
1: right,
0: cool. Well, all right, guys. We love y'all. We'll see y'all. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.